Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. It's Heather here. I'm leading our episode today. Mark's going to be talking about halakha a little bit further for us. But before we dive into that, Mark and I actually met each other face-to-face at a Dunn Brothers coffee for the first time. What was that? Was that last week or like two weeks ago or something like that? Yeah. And I met Rodrigo and we talked about Daniel Tiger. We did. Yeah. He met my (laughs) husband. Um, we had scones and cinnamon twists and coffees, and it was delightful. It was awesome. It was yeah. like a no pandemic world for a few in minutes. In Iowa, right? right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, in Iowa. It was great. So anyways, that was fun. So for our listeners out there, go pick yourself up a cinnamon twist and go have That's some right. fun. <laughs> Wherever you can get it. That's right. Cinnamon twist as fast as you can. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, so, but... Last week, I talked about halakha and where we see that, right? And we see that in the Bible. And I thought to myself, hey, let's talk a little bit further about this thing where we actually see Jesus doing some halakha in the scripture. So uh, Mark's putting his Bible nerd hat on, and he is going to be taking us into the scriptures to help us see where we actually see Jesus doing this thing. So Mark, tell us, where do we see Jesus practicing this thing called halakha. And then for our listeners who didn't listen last week, just a quick overview on what halakha is. Yeah. So halakha um, basically means how a rabbi walks out Torah. And specifically, halakha is the type of midrash or literature or discussion that takes place about the law portions of Torah. So when you have commands in Exodus, Numbers, or Deuteronomy, the debate over how to live out those laws as God would have us live them out is is called halakhic or halakha. Um, hey, so you just said a word that we haven't unpacked for our listeners yet. You said midrash. What's that all about? Yeah, so uh, midrash is like basically the literary art of making connections about the text of scripture so that it is updated to the rabbinical world. So basically Midrash is text about the text. Does that make sense? Totally. Um, It's very intertwined with oral Torah because the oral discussion of scripture gets written down in Midrashic literature. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, the term halakha usually applies to the law portions of the Torah. So the law in Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. And then if you ever hear, you want one more term? Yeah. The the term Agadah. Agadah applies to the story portions. And it's great. We have all these stories about the story. Um, The first time I came across this, like uh, Midrash Agadah, there was this story where – the people are rebelling in numbers and God sends a plague, but there's this giant story the rabbis wrote about how death shows up like as a person and he's like taking everyone out. 
And Aaron's holy, so he walks up and he grabs Death by the ear and drags him to the tent of meeting and says, God, you deal with this. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's all these stories about the story that are really colorful. And sure. Jesus knew a lot of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's all this debate about the law as well going on, which we talked about um, gets expressed in oral Torah and then written down in Midrashic literature. Okay. Sure. That's so, awesome. We're going to have to do an episode on Midrash and on Agadah. But hey, yeah. we're so, on it today. So let's do it. Yeah. So to make this really uh, tangible, I wanted to take one spot in scripture where there's been a debate going on about how you walk out Torah for some time before Jesus enters the discussion and then see what Jesus does with the discussion. So All I decided right. to pick something really uncontroversial, marriage and divorce. Oh yeah. That's and, uh, super yeah. uncontroversial. Yeah. And today though, is not a, it's not about uh, whether or not your grandpa should have got a divorce or what to do if your marriage is difficult. It's simply about there's this giant discussion going on and Jesus enters into it. And yeah. if you don't know the discussions going on, you'll actually read what Jesus says completely wrong, right? For sure. So yes. basically, there are a handful of hot button issues going around when Jesus is teaching. Uh, and one of them is marriage and divorce. And if mm. you look at like Matthew 31 through uh, 32, Jesus says, basically, if you're going to get a divorce, you need to give her, first of all, because men divorced women in Jesus' right. day, you're going to give her a certificate. And if you don't do that, if you don't give her a certificate, you make an adulterer out of her when she enters her next marriage mm -hmm. and an adulterer out of her next husband. So that's and super easy to understand, right? No, yeah. exactly. It's a quagmire. <laughs> and if yeah. we come across that, we're like, what in the world are you talking about? And how would we ever bring that forward to the modern world, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's so much discussion behind it. Like, first of all, the idea of a certificate of divorce goes all the way back to Torah. They're talking about Torah. They're talking about Deuteronomy 24.1, where Yahweh commands that you must give a certificate when you divorce. And the point of the certificate is actually so that the woman is not disenfranchised and impoverished and unable to get a new husband, right? Because in their society, men made money and women didn't. So if you were a wife who was divorced and you didn't have a son to take care of you, you were all of a sudden up a creek, right? Yeah. And that's why this whole debate is, is going on. Right. No, yeah. do, no doctor mamas like my wife back then. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Nobody making big G's on that. Right. Yep. So yeah. Jesus, Jesus reminds them of Deuteronomy 24, one, like, no, you need to give her a certificate. Yeah. And then he says something really significant. He says, you can only get a divorce if she's committed adultery. Yeah. Now that's a window into the fact that there's a huge discussion going on. And right for basically hundreds of years by the time Jesus gives his teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. And there were basically two schools of thought. And you mentioned, I think last time, that there were these two big schools of rabbis, the, the uh, Hillel school and the Shemai school, right? Yeah. So Hillel said, you can divorce for any reason you want, right? Like even like, if she burns your toast, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she, makes your, she makes your toast and it's suspect. Yeah, you can punt. No, that's um, like true though. Isn't that crazy? It's not it's not only true. Um when you enter 
the New Testament, you travel 2,000 years back in time and in yeah. some ways back in human rights. <laughs> there you go. I mean, there were so many things that were a click forward, but essentially in the rabbinic mind's eye, sure, wives were essentially property. And you see Jesus again and again actually moving the dial towards full humanity and yeah. equality of yes. womanhood. And Paul picks it up and runs with it. So I love it. don't get me started on that. Yeah, for but sure. Anyways- Shammai was the opposite. He said you could only ever divorce for adultery. Yeah. And so the question people would have for a rabbi like Jesus is, well, where do you land here? Yeah. Do you land with Hillel? Like whatever reason you need, like if the marriage is tough, you can get out of it. Yeah. Or do you land with Shammai, which, which says like, no, only unless there's been a real trespass can you divorce, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Jesus enters into this society where men could have multiple wives, where women did not make a living, yeah, and where divorce meant ruin, poverty, yeah. and being right. a pariah of the community. Yeah. And he sides here with Shammai, one of the only times we see him do it in the New Testament. He's almost always siding with Hillel huh. and loosening things so that you're after the heart of the law, right? Yeah, like that's what? Right. What does it look like to really embody Torah in our hearts? Hillel's that guy. Shammai very much swing toward, swings toward, nope, God has given us these commands and we better darn sure keep them for right. the reasons we talked about last time, right? Yeah. So yeah. Shammai goes usually hardcore in the other direction of Hillel. Sure. This is one of the only times that Jesus sides with Shammai. Why? Why yeah. does he do that? Tell us why. Because Jesus knows the implications of divorce is it's ruin yeah. for women in his society. And so out of compassion, Jesus takes the path of Shammai preventing women in first century society from becoming disenfranchised. Isn't yeah. that beautiful? Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, here though, think about coming across that text where Jesus says, no divorce with out adultery and you have to give her a certificate and then slapping that on any marital concern that your friends are having in the modern world, mm. right? It's actually really dangerous and really, um, it's, it's not that Jesus doesn't have a high view of marriage. He absolutely does. And sure. it's not that Jesus wants people to get a divorce. He absolutely doesn't. Right. But the reason Jesus says the words he says in this context are to make sure that there weren't marginalized people being created because of men who had power and women who didn't, right? right. Yeah. So yeah. we actually see that there's this whole discussion going on about when can you get a divorce and when can you not? It's not yeah. the only place in the Gospels that Jesus has asked that either. It's For one sure. of the buzz questions they want to know his opinion on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The halakha situation or the ha the halakha discussion being a divorce, and also that I feel like a halakha discussion that was big during the time of Jesus was the Sabbath, right? Because Jesus was yes. always healing yes. people on the Sabbath, and the rabbis were like, "Bro, what are you doing?" And they would get yeah. all upset about it, and. You know, there'd be questions about, you know, different halakas about, um, hey, you know, what's up with the uh, resurrection? Is there going to be a resurrection? How do you yeah. interpret that? You know, these different parts of the law, right? So I made a list. I basically made a list of like, what are the hot button 
um, issues that we see, everyone seems to be concerned about in the New Testament and then in rabbinic literature, like in the earliest stuff to decide what to do for the office or for the episode. And you know me, I went with the most controversial one I could, Um, (laughs) but Sabbath was on there. Marriage Mm -hmm. and divorce was on there. Messiah, like who's that going to be and what's that going to look like? Sure. The age to come. When will we enter the age of God versus this age and the age of the full kingdom of God? And when's that going to happen and how? Um, Apparently back then, people love to debate that to exhaustion. And people love to debate that now. So it makes sense. Back then. Back then, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. But these are like big issues. Also, boiling down the Torah into the most important commands, that was a big deal. Like. Hillel, Hillel actually is very close to Jesus. He says that if you don't do whatever you would not someone, whatever you would not want someone to do to you, then you have fulfilled the law, which Jesus basically says the same thing, but the opposite, do unto others as you would have them do to you. Right. That's right. Yeah. And then, um, Hillel also, uh, boils down all of Torah to love God and love your neighbor neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus um, is very much in that line of thinking. So the point is he's not teaching in a vacuum. Instead, there are these hot button discussions. That's right. And that's why they come up over and over again. It's not that they're obsessed with Sabbath. It's that everyone was obsessed with Sabbath, right? Right. And they were the main halakhic discussions happening in that yeah. time because it was so important for people to know and understand how to follow God by following Torah. And so this is, again, like youth packers, youth workers. When you're thinking about teaching the Bible to students, you got to have at least a tiny bit of an understanding of the discussions happening in the first century. So, Mark, thanks for yeah. taking us into that place today and helping us better understand one hot button issue that was happening in the first century Anything else you want to add to the discussion today, Mark? Yes. I want to take 30 seconds to tell you what to do if it's overwhelming to you that all these discussions are happening and you've never heard about them. Let's do it. Get either an archaeological study Bible or a first century context study Bible. Yeah. They are very good. They're done by Bible scholars, but Bible scholars that really love Jesus. Yes. Um, But uh, definitely get yourself a study Bible and do yourself a favor of reading the notes on the passage you're teaching so that you don't teach it out of context. For sure. Yeah. And then put your own spin on it, which is what we do all the time in the Western world. And that's why we look at the words of Jesus and go, huh? And that's why our students look at the words of Jesus and they get upset by them or they don't understand them or it's hard for them to know how to follow Jesus because we're constantly trying to push him into our Western world when he lived in a very Eastern world in a culture in a time where things were different and helping take our students back to that time will help them better understand the Messiah, Jesus, whom they follow. For sure. For sure. Now, Heather, we're getting better at this. Watch this segue. Where would I go if I wanted to like level up in my ability to read the Bible, like a first century rabbi? Like, What the heck would I do? You know, wow, that's a great, oh, hey, I just thought of something. Hey, there's this place called firstcenturyyouthministry.com. Yeah, and we've got some resources for youth workers. Honestly, Mark, we love youth workers. We love the Bible. We love Jesus. We love the Jewish roots of our faith. And we want to help youth workers become the best disciple makers on the planet. And so 
because of that, we would love for you to join us in our Facebook community. We'd love for you to join us on an upcoming trip to the land of Israel. We're going in August of 2022, a youth workers only trip with my friend John and his ministry called Walk the Story. And um, there's a book that I wrote called First Century Youth Ministry. If you're wanting to just kind of dive in and get your toes a little bit wet on this Jewish root stuff and discipleship, that's a great uh, first place to start. And then uh, we've got some other great resources we'd love for you to check out on the website too. So you can send us a message and get in contact with us and let's become friends. So, hey, youth workers, yep. we love you. We care about you. Thanks for checking out the show today and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. For sure. Bye, everyone. <laughs>